hey, uh, do you mind if I come into your uh, your business? Oh, I'd love for you to. We could actually oh. really use some help. Oh, really? What a coincidence. What do you sell? What a coincidence. We sell shoes, but they don't have toes. Toeless shoes. Mm. But not sandals. We often get confused for... <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think what you should do is market your shoes toward people who have lost their toes and then act like you're raising money for disability awareness. And then you can use it as a tax write-off. Uh, 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 why not? Hi there, Not Qualified. This is Not Qualified. Zach, Bear Cruzen, uh, best friend of the show. And I would love to hear you guys talk about Nathan Fielder's works, Nathan for You, and the rehearsal. Thank you so much. I love you. <laughs> the, the interactions that he has. So I was watching some uh, season one episodes today mm-hmm. um, in preparation. I did this crazy thing. Um, today in that I wanted to prepare a little bit for this uh, podcast by mm-hmm. watching the source material. Right. Uh, weird, kind of a novel idea. Um, yeah, well, you're but, a method uh, actor, I guess. <laughs> or something because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The interactions in season one are some of the best interactions mm-hmm. uh, altogether. Uh, I really I hate just, that he stopped. He stopped asking people to hang out after like season two, but those first two yeah. seasons, he asks everyone if they want to hang out and that was <sighs> It's just the best part of every episode. So brilliant. Dude, he was pretty aggro uh, toward the first episodes because it was more like sketch comedy. Um, but then it became something something much deeper. By the way, we should talk about what we're talking about. Maybe yeah, well, tell me who, tell us who you are first. Um, well, you did. You said you're a friend of the show. My name is Zach Cruzen. Yeah, yeah, I'm a friend of the show. I like to say a best friend of the show. Um, though um, the, I've, I've made my bracelet. I don't know if you've made the bracelet. Joe's made the bracelet, but uh, I wear mine. So, um, what? best friend of the show, Zach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and what, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're talking about the glory and the wonder of Nathan Fielder and his mm, works, Nathan for you and the rehearsal. Yes. So the rehearsal just came out this summer and it was brilliant. And because that came out, I went, so my experience with, Nathan Fielder is all contained in the past three months. So I didn't have to rewatch anything because I had, you had told me to watch Nathan for you years ago. And then I yes. watched an episode and I was like, that's funny. And then I never watched it again, but I, I would see clips every now and then. And then when the rehearsal came out this summer, I was like, I, I, this seems really interesting and kind of hilarious. And so I watched, I went back and I watched all four seasons of Nathan for you. And then I watched the rehearsal. Um, so I'm, I'm fresh, you know, um, oh, that's so great. Can I ask you what episode you first watched that you went like cold turkey after? With Nathan for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Dumb Starbucks. That was the one you showed me. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Like we watched it together? You you showed me... Uh, was it something about the experience between you and I that made you not enjoy it? As, uh, no, I enjoyed it. I, I told you. I thought it was funny. I just didn't... I don't know. I don't... I didn't probably have... I mean, it's on HBO Max, but that didn't exist back then. So I don't even know how I would have watched it. 
Yeah, that's true. We, I think I used watched... to, honestly, I watched it uh, from one, two, three movies. Pretty sure that's how I first watched mm-hmm. it. In, in Sponsor. <laughs> Sponsor one, two, three movies. <laughs> um, give me the premise of what Nathan, who, who's this guy and what are these shows? Because uh, they're fun. Oh, very fun. Okay. So yeah, the premise of the show for Nathan for you is that uh, Nathan went to one of Canada's top business schools and made really good, grades. <laughs> really good grades, yeah. really good grades. And so uh, he wants to share his business knowledge with the world and uh, make the world a better place. Mostly just Southern California, uh, make a better mm-hmm. place. So he goes and helps small businesses that are struggling and um, he gives them business ideas that uh, are more maybe Wall Street uh, kind of oriented um, <laughs> to help them take their business to the next level. And uh, some of these antics are as brilliant as um, sneaking uh, chili into uh, <laughs> into stadiums that's not allowed, or uh, discount Santa Claus pictures in the summer, mm-hmm. um, and uh, <clears throat> developing um, uh, how would you describe the movement episode? I think the the movement is a really good encapsulation. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> That, uh, that is, um, that his, that show so many times crossed the line between just like funny television and like performance art or like pranks, like, like large scale pranks. Like there was something I was thinking of that I kept comparing it to when I was watching it, like something that happened. What was it? Gosh, dang. There was something that happened on a late night show a few years ago that everybody was like, what the heck? And then it turned out to be staged for publicity for a movie. Was it for the Joker? Uh, somebody, somebody freaked. Maybe it was Joker and like Joaquin Phoenix freaked out on like Jimmy Kimmel or something. Like shot think, Jimmy Kimmel well, in the head. No, <laughs> but, but he did. So I think that if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was for the Joker. And I think he like, they got in a fight or something and it was like really awkward and they didn't say it was a joke. And then he like walked off or something. And then like a day later, they were like, they showed the behind the scenes footage and it was all planned because it was for the, but people were like, wow, he's crazy. That's what I felt like where, where else like, and I remember with some of the stuff on Nathan for you, it would be stuff that became a big event and made the news and people didn't know till later that it was part of the show. Like dumb Starbucks is a great example of that. But But yeah, I think you summed up the show pretty well. It's the, the I love it so much, and it's great what you said. Um, it really crosses the line between, you know, um, for me, like sketch comedy, and then like uh, full scale, like sort of reality character shows. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the likes of which I don't know, like um, <clears throat> the way that he can turn. Uh, these people who are just wanting to be on camera or whatever, kind of flip the script, um, put them exactly, uh, you know, at the center stage and allow uh, their weird eccentricities to come out. And yeah. they become a story in and of themselves and that they're trying to be famous or they're or trying to, they'll do whatever they can to make a buck or yeah. whatever. And it just becomes the the center and it's, it's making the joke on them. But uh, what makes it a little bit more bearable uh, and not just so like vindictive is that Nathan also uh, is playing a really good character in and of himself, but a really mm-hmm. authentic character uh, somehow. And I think that he's one of yeah. the best actors alive today. It's bizarre. It's also yeah. weird that he like, he banked his whole career on playing this character and he's never, yes. I've never, never seen what he's actually 
like nobody, you know, like they're, you can he doesn't pull back YouTube. the curtain. Yeah. No, like you can look up times. Nathan Fielder has broken character and it's like a four minute video on YouTube. And that's like including all his public appearances and late night yep. shows and everything. Um, yeah. but yeah, the premise yeah. of Nathan for you, it, Nathan for you is easier, a whole lot easier to give an elevator pitch than the rehearsal that Nathan for you has a pretty easy elevator pitch, which is that he goes and poses as a businessman, business graduate and gives businesses intentionally terrible ideas just to film the result. And they go along with it because they know they're on TV and it's funny and he never breaks character and he plays like a, well, anyway, a version of, of himself. And so, but the rehearsal, which I guess we'll wait to talk about in a couple minutes, but it uh, is a lot harder to describe. What is your favorite episode of Nathan for you? It's a great question. So I rewatched the first episode that I ever saw today, which was the hunk. Uh, which I think mm. is season one, episode five. Um, really solid. I think one of the better episodes of television ever made. Um, and I think I've changed my opinion so much. And once one's my favorite. And I think what it has in common is it's typically the last episode I saw. Cause honestly, like there's, yeah. there's small things in each one of them that make them so great. Mm-hmm. I mean, the camera intros and in, in that episode and the hunk are really wonderful. Um, the first, uh, so on Nathan for you, they generally have two conceits that are happening each episode <clears throat> on most of the episodes, two or maybe three. And so, uh, the first part of season one, episode five is, um, a scare house. He's trying to help a, a scare house in LA. And he says, you know, what if this place was so scary that, um, people sued you and you made, you know, a lot of press, uh, because you got sued for being the scariest whorehouse and it's really good. So he involves um, staging this whole medical emergency and uh, people are in hazmat suits and there's some kind of infectious you know, disease. Um, or they then, have to get ambulance taken yeah. away from the haunted house to the hospital and then they get out of the ambulance and they realize they're still in, that's still part of the haunted house. It's there's genius. an exit sign that says, you know, yeah. like you finished the ride. Yeah. <laughs> so really good. The beginning of that episode, they're interviewing uh, this like random person on the street uh, who seems really nice. And she's, talking about something she likes and Nathan just runs up behind her and goes, boo. <laughs> and then the camera immediately just follows him and is like, don't you love getting scared? <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. It's so genius. Um, everything they do is like, uh, it's just a, a little project and like, you know, it's really imaginative and you know that, mm-hmm. that he and the other, um, the co-producer and co-writer are just, um, you know, they're saying, what if we got to do this? And what I love about Nathan Fielder's career is that he's been given so much like leash and rope, um, by the, um, Mm. uh, by the channels that have put him on. Um, and, um, a lot of money, um, which sometimes he makes a joke out of too, about how much money he's wasting in the production of his shows. And, uh, but they understand like the artistic expression that he's going after and I think they've like Comedy Central loved it. And they, you know, I mean, he canceled his show after four seasons because um, he felt like the project was complete. And I just love that sort of autonomy that he's been able to have as a creator. Yeah. It's really cool to see. For a guy that's only done like two things. Yes. You know, like, I mean, he did. Nathan, for you, had its precursor in Canada, but nobody nobody lives in Canada. And then <laughs> he's produced a couple things, but then, you know, that's it. And so, but I think my favorite, so... Nathan for you is definitely in the rehearsal, but it's definitely my favorite reality show ever. And probably one of my favorite shows ever now. Um, But it's not really a reality show. I mean, it is, it's literally a reality show, but it's It's almost a meta reality show. It's a meta. And uh, so how much of, 
I was thinking about this. He's credited as a writer, of course. And, you know, he's talked about in interviews or like Reddit AMAs, how their process for Nathan for you, which was prepare for every situation and then just film what happens. How much of that, I mean, do you think what you see on the show is mostly genuine? How much do you think happens behind the scenes to stage things or to prod things in a direction? Or do you think it just kind of happens? Because some of that stuff is just too good to be true. It's too good. Yeah. So it seems too good to be true because of the way it's set up. And the way I think it works is they put people in really awkward situations. That's the whole part of the Mm -hmm. show. And Nathan puts himself in awkward situations because he's an awkward person and that's his character. So the more awkward he is, the better he's Mm -hmm. actually acting, uh, which is really funny uh, how it works out. So they put people in awkward situations and then depending on the result that they get, they rewrite the episode or the show into mm-hmm. whatever reaction they got. And so I mm. think that there's a lot of that going on. I think I read somewhere some time ago that, you know, to get a 22 minute episode, they would have 90 hours of film, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but they'd create a story out of one of the, you know, like smaller interactions they might've had yeah. and turn that into, um, you know, the whole project for that episode, um, which it's done with a lot of editing and, um, you know, no kind of behind the scenes looks during Nathan for you. But when it moves into the rehearsal, all of the behind the scenes actions actually become a part of the show in a multi-layered way. That's uh, a very multi-layered way. Kind of hard to follow. Uh, yeah. At times, well, um, when really I was wonderful. watching the rehearsal, I, I was thinking how miserable it must have been to edit and to keep oh track of what takes or what and where you are in the story. And the fact that he, he was able to have all that in his head and like come up with this is, is honestly hilarious, but it's also hilarious that, I guess to, to talk a little bit about the rehearsal. What is the rehearsal? <laughs> <laughs> a little, a little scatterbrained uh, here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the rehearsal is uh, Nathan's latest project, which you said it was um, picked up by HBO. HBO also bought Nathan for you. So all those um, episodes and everything bought from Comedy Central. So all those are on HBO now. Uh, the rehearsal um, is a, uh, I'd say a brainchild um, of Nathan Fielder following the uh, everything that he did in Nathan for you, but really it's a direct evolution of some of the exact same things that he was doing in that show. Yep. But instead of the gimmick that he's a successful businessman who's helping out businesses, it's just personal. And it's saying, Hey, I'd like to, you know, like make your life better. What if I gave you a chance to rehearse everything before you actually did it? And I created a, a scene um, where you'd get as many tries as you wanted to, to perfect this interaction and you plan for every possible uh, line that it can go and um, and you prepare for your life that way because he's uh, says his character says that that's how his approach to life works. Um, and the first episode explains it really wonderfully in that uh, the whole like first 10 minutes of the show um, are the output of uh, what you see shortly after what had he'd been rehearsing um, <laughs> that uh, interaction with this stranger uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks prior, in a even developing one to one scale model of his house. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, so that's conceived the show. And I think um, a, a large part of it is just Nathan spending a lot of money um, to make ridiculous things happen. Yes. Um, and sometimes the joke is that there isn't a payoff for yes. all of his investment. And, um, yeah. and there's, and there's not a laugh, but the fact that there's not a laugh is the laugh. Yes. <laughs> it gets really meta. Well, and what's funniest, I think about the rehearsal is spoiler. If you're going to wa- just go watch it, if you haven't seen it, uh, because I actually don't want to spoil it, but it starts off. And the first episode is a rehearsal where he, he stages this elaborate 
rehearsal for this guy who's wanting to confess to his friend that he doesn't actually have a PhD or a master's degree. Um, and uh, on it, it's this, his friends and him are on a trivia team at this bar. And uh, so Nathan builds a entire replica of the bar with HBO's money um, and then hires dozens of actors to populate it and pretend that it's the night he's going to confess it and they run it over and over again. And so the show sets up that way in the first episode. And you think every episode is just going to be another rehearsal like Nathan for you was uh, every episode was a new business. Um, But then the rehearsal only has like two rehearsals in it because it it quickly devolves into more and more meta as it goes. Cause episode two, he sets up a woman who wants, doesn't know if she wants kids. And so they're going to raise, they, he, gets this house out in the country and they're going to hire actors to play her children at every age. And then they're going to have her in this house for a couple months while she raises a child from zero to 18. And then, uh, then they have the raisin canes episode and then that's it. There's like no more rehearsals after that. It just delves deeper and deeper into itself until into it, Nathan, um, yes. as a, as a focal point, but really it's, it's got a, a but really it's not, great way. It's not it's actually, not, yeah, it's a made up it, Nathan, but it is right. Him. And in a lot of ways, it's kind of turning the camera around, you know, and like the joke is kind of on the viewer um, in a lot of ways, because you have expectations of a show uh, from the way that you like generally intake media. And so some of the joke is just that there's no delivery on the premise. It's like jazz music, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Well, and I, I was floored by the fact when you get to the end of the rehearsal that you realize that he embarked on this entire project with millions of dollars in HBO money without knowing where it was going to go because the entire show ends up being about this kid who, who thinks Nathan's his dad. And <laughs> and that's like the, that's like the emotional climax of the whole thing. That's the finale is him. And then Nathan struggling with who he is because of all this. But until that actually happened on set, that there was no way that he knew that's where they were going to go until this, you know what I'm saying? Until that happened with the kid. And right. of course that was, that was fake, but, uh, I mean, I, I'd like to say that he's just really good at winging it, but he's not winging it at all in that, you know, he's actually trying everything and he's just throwing a lot of things at the wall until something sticks. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. But then redoing that thing over and over and over again in a really methodical way. That's, mm-hmm. uh, just seems so tedious and ridiculous and, uh, wonderful. It is. Yeah. It is. Speaking of uh, sort of emotional climaxes, um, so Nathan for you, season four, the last season ended with a uh, like a ninety minute episode. I think it was like ninety minutes uh, that became something of like a documentary um, called Finding Francis. And Finding Francis, um, the line between Finding Francis and the rehearsal is pretty narrow. Finding Francis was uh, a really excellent, um, though it took some turns. It was a really excellent sort of. Uh, <clears throat> magnum opus uh, for the whole project of Nathan for you, I feel like. Um, and that uh, similarly to the rehearsal, um, it just went uh, more layers of meta and sort of turning the cameras around. Yeah. And it kind of set the stage, I think, in a lot of ways. So, yeah. Um, really excellent. I don't want to spoil anything about Finding Francis because it's definitely worth a watch. Um, but even some of the small things that went on during Finding Francis, to me, are some of the funniest little bits they have in the show. Uh, I'll yeah. spoil one thing. They go to a town in Arkansas um, he's with this, uh, this basically a stranger. They go to town in Arkansas, uh, where this guy went to high school and it's uh, Dumas, Arkansas. Um, and the only thing that Dumas was on the map for is that the movie <laughs> mud was filmed there. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. All right. All right. And, uh, so he never, he says, 
I never saw MUD, but we needed access to their public library. Um, and so, you know, we convinced them that we were there to film MUD 2, never clean. <laughs> so he had like set pieces and like some lines that he created for, uh, for MUD 2. And I don't yeah. know, that really got me. Speaking so, of the rehearsal, by the way, I didn't mention this, but I've never done this before. I watched like the first 20 or 30 minutes of the rehearsal uh, by myself um, when it first came out. And I was laughing so hard that I had to stop the, I had to turn off the TV <laughs> and then I had to go get my wife. And I told her, you have to watch this with yeah. me. This is, the, this is the funniest television I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, it really, it really takes the cake. For me. I did the same thing. I watched the first episode and then I, I went home and I, I, I was like, um, you, you have to watch this with me to my wife. And then she did. And I, I made her, and then she would be like, she almost couldn't take it because it felt so mean, you know, like right. parts of it really felt mean, especially with the, uh, I don't know, because the whole premise of everything he does is to say, look how insane these people are. Aren't people mm -hmm. crazy? Um, but then he, like you said, especially with the rehearsal, he really turns that around and, and says, yeah, but you are too. And you're watching this. You terrible, sick person. Um, right. So speaking of finding Francis though, I, of anything Nathan has ever done, I think Finding Francis is my favorite thing. It's probably my favorite episode of of television ever. Um, one of my favorite things about Nathan for you is the way he uses recurring characters. Like, yes, uh, he just finds people that he thinks are ridiculous or weird, you know, and or interesting, and then he'll invite them back on the show. And it's funny because it's usually people who what well, they they. It, almost every episode people think they're on TV for one thing and they want to be on TV. And then once the episode airs, they obviously realize that the joke was on them and that's not what they thought it was. But then some certain people will almost not get the joke and they'll want to be back on the show again, just to be on TV. Like the, the security guard. Yes, in, in dude. He's such a great character. Yeah. I was thinking about, cause I just saw something uh, that he was in recently, one of those episodes and there's a, there's a character in parks and rec that's played by Louis CK. Yeah. And Louis CK is trying to be this guy in that, in that role, that character that they made. Yeah. Up. This, this is the actual guy in real life. This yeah. is the person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's fascinating to me. These people will be come back on the show and almost not really realize. I mean, I know, I don't know what Nathan says to them behind the scenes to get them. Uh, I don't know. But one of the recurring characters who's from season one or two is this Bill Gates impersonator who, uh, is the, and that's who is in Finding Francis. And then they reveal in Finding Francis that for the past however many years, he's just been stopping by their offices and hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, Finding Francis is all about this guy really, really annoyed them for a long time. Yeah. And so they were trying to try to get some uh, retribution. For yeah, you can definitely tell cost. where because the whole episode has this kind of like sentimental vibe to it and his Nathan's voiceovers are about how they just want to help him find this lost love. And he, but then all his actual interactions with Nathan, Nathan almost is clearly annoyed <laughs> by him <laughs> and just doesn't even want to like talk to him. Uh, yeah. I, you know, there's some people that you watch on TV and, um, or you really admire a lot. And I, I, I really admire Nathan Fielder. Um, but I, he's not the kind of guy that would be fun to hang out with. Mm -mm. Not at no, all. I mean, no. you can imagine just, um, you know, the, the way he sort of manipulates and controls people and, um, you know, how, 
how uh, precise everything has to be, yeah. you know, to him. I don't, I don't think all that's an act really. I think he probably is that kind of person. Oh yeah. And- <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's, it's also funny. Any episode where he has his parents on, which I think only happened twice, once in the rehearsal and once in Nathan B. And, uh, they, uh, it almost seemed like they don't understand what he's doing. <laughs> like they don't understand like in Nathan for, or in the rehearsal when he has his parents on and he's telling them about this experiment he's doing, living with this woman and uh, raising these fake children and whatever. And they're like concerned for him because she's not Jewish. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't know how much he tells them how much it's hard to tell with anything that he does, how much people are in on the joke. You really just can't tell. Right. Yeah. And it almost makes you think like, how heartless can this guy be to yeah. even like, you know, put the joke on his parents. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the answer is probably pretty dang heartless. I think mm. there's some stuff out there that like, oh, he's a really good guy. And he's trying to like bring light to these, you know, silly things, uh, you know, the greed and um, inequalities or injustices or something. Um, but I think it really is just a joke. And he's just incredibly desensitized and probably heartless. Yeah, I, I think he's just I mean, I think he's one of the funniest people ever in television. But but you Absolutely. have to. He clearly just thinks. It's clearly mean spirited. Everything he's doing is, is yes. somewhat mean spirited. Um, even when, uh, if you go back and watch when he was on the Canadian show, uh, this hour has twenty two minutes, and uh, he would do the same kind of things he does in Nathan View, just short little sketches. He'd go to local, except he was like a field reporter. He wasn't necessarily going to businesses. He was just going wherever and making them uncomfortable until something happened. Um, and it was the same kind of thing where he would just like. Did you see the one where he goes to the sleep clinic? No. There's one where he goes to the Canada sleep clinic and he's just interviewing this doctor about like, what's the best way to get a good night's sleep. And she's telling him the steps and he's like, Oh, that's interesting. Do you mind if I try that? And so then in the interview, he just goes through the steps. She just told them. And then he fake falls asleep for like 20 minutes and just lays there. And she's just awkwardly. And then it cuts away and cuts back. And she's like, on her phone or something and he's still just fake snoring <laughs> and then she wakes him up i don't i don't remember it's been a while since i saw that clip but it was good yeah, yeah. it's incredible what people do and incredible what um what people will say yes to mm-hmm. um because they don't want to be impolite or i don't know raise an objection they're kind of just trying to go yep. with the flow everybody's cool. trying to avoid conflict and he just capitalized on that so well. I think it's a form of hypnosis. I think yeah. he's kind of hypnotizing these people uh, because they're, in a way, they're suggestible. Yeah. Uh, because they. Well, he's in charge. He's in charge. Yeah. He's, he's got the he's cameras. The he's got the money. Yep. He, go, he, play, he even talks about that in the rehearsal when he's telling Angela, you know, I know I'm in a position of power and I don't want that to influence your decision. But then he still doesn't let her say no. <laughs> but, and they're on camera. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's genius. We should probably mention um, the um, speaking of, uh, you know, just the way that this show kind of crosses worlds um, and uh, and seems like a giant prank. Several of the Nathan for you um, pranks ended up uh, even before the show aired or that mm. season would air. They ended up. Um, kind of going public and yes. garnering a lot of attention, the media attention uh, in really fun ways. So yep. I think there were three or four that, uh, that happened. Uh, the biggest kind of my one. Favorite. Yeah. What tell, tell us. So the movement uh, was a really awesome episode. And even in retrospect now it's even better because um, Amazon actually tried to do this uh, essentially, but um, 
you know, Nathan goes to a, a moving business, uh, you know, moving truck, and he says, hey, what, you know, how can I help you? And they say, well, our expenses are high for personnel. And he says, well, what if you convince them that it was actually something like a gym membership and they're getting a really good workout and they would pay you to move things for you? And the guy says, no, this is stupid, um, but they do it anyway. And um, then he uh, he needs uh, some branding, an image. And so he hires uh, <laughs> he hires a man who works out a lot, this older guy who seems really desperate. Um, he hires him uh, to um, say, you know, I used to weigh 400 pounds and then I started you know, lifting boxes and moving furniture. And, uh, you know, I lost, I lost all this weight and now I'm in the best shape of my life. And he ended up going on, um, you know, a bunch of, uh, regional local television morning shows. And, uh, they even ghost wrote a book. Um, and that book was on like the top 10 list on Amazon. Was it really the movement? Yeah. I actually, I want to read it because he hired some college student, freshman writing freshman <laughs> with no experience to ghost write this book. And he, what does he say that he's childhood best friends with? Who was it? Steve jobs. Yeah. Steve jobs. That's who it was. Yeah. And then he just on these morning shows has to make up all the like his charity that where he helped with jungle children and, <laughs> and all, these, all these things. It's just to kind of pretend that it's him. Um, oh, my, it's so good. Yeah, that's probably the best. I really liked. Um, I know a lot of people who don't even know Nathan for you know the uh, uh, the claw of shame episode or whatever it's called, where he exposes himself to all those kids for the, the handcuff reveal. Um, a lot of people who don't even know what the show is have seen that episode or that clip. Um, and, but the one I feel like that I knew about the most was dumb Starbucks, um, which is fun. It's, it's funny. You know, the idea is funny, but it's not the best episode. Um, what the funniest thing about, so the dumb Starbucks episode, the premise is just that he, I'm, I'm, Keep pausing because I'm. We're almost at eleven minutes, and I'm waiting. I'm, really, I'm watching the clock like, a, like just, just sweating right now. <laughs> we did it. Hey, we it's made like it. Like Y2K over here. We made it past eleven <laughs> yeah. minutes, and Zencaster didn't crash. <laughs> okay, good. All right, let's keep going. No more word from our sponsors. <laughs> um, the uh, dumb Starbucks. The idea is just let's just brand your generic coffee shop as a Starbucks, but put the word dumb in front of everything so that it's technically protected by parody law. Um, and then that doesn't work. They, they get a, they get sued, I think, or a cease and desist from Starbucks or something. Um, but the funniest thing about that episode is not even the, the dumb Starbucks itself. It's the little, like you right. said, the little interactions he has with people yes. that are so golden. Cause when he, he's trying to convince the owner of this coffee shop that they need to be parody artists so that they're taken <laughs> seriously as parody artists. <laughs> and so they write parody songs and, go perform them at open mics. And this is where it's like the meanest it can possibly be toward this poor guy who's just going along with it. And this is the poor coffee shop owner. He yes, just wants to wants to do a little better. The the parodies that they come up with or just thinking about them, I, I laugh like throughout my day, I'll think of one of these and laugh. Like where he he gets up on stage and is awkwardly singing, I'm not afraid <laughs> to grab my balls. <laughs> everybody come and grab my balls and like, they're the least funny least creative things and uh and they're hilarious and then the other the other part of that episode i love is when he hires two employees to work at dumb starbucks and it's just him and these two employees one's male and one's female and in their orientation 
he lingers for a long time on the workplace romance policy and or the sexual tension policy or whatever. And so he says to alleviate sexual tension, we need to know beforehand who you think is most attractive that you work with. <laughs> and so he asks the guy first and he's like, well, her, I guess, because it's either Nathan or it's her. And then he asks her who she thinks is more attractive and she just doesn't want to answer. And he just keeps asking and she knows she's on camera until she finally says, okay, I guess you. And then he, for like 30 seconds, he just rubs that in the other guy's face. <laughs> it's like, so just so we're clear on that, she finds me more attractive. Uh, that was probably the best part oh. of the episode. It was so good. It's so good. Yeah. Dumb Starbucks was huge. There was a, in season one, there was a viral video um, mm. <clears throat> that they did in order. They made a viral video in order to uh, get some attention for a petting zoo. And uh, that one blew up before the show actually premiered, which is kind of cool. Um, and uh, then it was kind of revealed later that it was a stunt or it was revealed on the show. That it was a stunt. Um, and of course he did the jokes on um, Jimmy Kimmel. Mm. Was it Jimmy Kimmel or yeah, it was Jimmy Kimmel, not Fallon. Yeah, and one of the Jimmy's. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he, uh, I won't spoil that one too much, but, um, he made an appearance on, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, but it turns out that the whole experience was actually a part of the show. One of the episodes in yeah. season three or four. And that's the kind of stuff that I love so much about it. It's genius. It's Me meta too. weird. Like, yeah. Um, there was something else I was going to mention about Nathan for you. I can't remember. Oh, that that reminded me of, um, one of the most fascinating parts of the show is how sometimes he seems to. Uh, just outright break the law and you in a way that makes you wonder how they got away with it. Like I'm thinking of that. There's an episode where he's helping a shipping company um, ship smoke detectors. And he was like, well, you know, you won't have to pay tax. You won't have to pay a tariff if it's uh, um, classified as a musical instrument. And so he, he goes through this whole thing and, and the, the woman he's trying to help keeps telling him, no, I'm not going to do that. That's illegal. And he does it anyway. And he ships a box of smoke detectors to South America tax free and then shows it to her. And I'm, I'm th- and he also impersonates a, uh, was it, was it loves Sinclair shell? It was a shell. He impersonates shell, the com- the company. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. There's a whole little thing this. where he's pretending to be shell. And then even I, I just don't understand some of that, how they didn't get sued, but uh, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I love it. It's risky. Uh, one thing about the show, but, uh, it's the joke he turns the joke, you know, kind of back on himself a lot too. Yeah. And so, you know, it's some people, you know, don't, don't like the show cause it's cringy and it is very cringy mm-hmm. um, because it's very authentic and like real life. I mean, I don't know if you live your life and if you hang out with people like my family, I mean, it's, it's just full of, of cringy moments all of the time uh, <laughs> where you, but you can't look away, you know? And uh, so in that way it's so raw and so real and I love it. And uh, um, there's a threshold though, that some people maybe don't have for the show. Uh, but I think it helps in that, um, you know, he's, he's making fun of himself at the same time too. And it's not just, uh, it's, it's not all Scott's tots, you know, you, you get the scene after, you know, where, where Michael's a reasonable person again and, and is really sweet to Aaron. So in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah. Caitlin, literally my wife could not, I made her watch the rehearsal with me cause it was only six episodes, but, um, we watched a few episodes of Nathan for you and she eventually told me you have to watch this on your own. I, I can't handle it. It's too cringy. And so I watched that whole show by myself. Um, but yeah, it's a good way to sum it up. Hey, I meant to ask you when we started. Yes. We, we have a system on not qualified okay. uh, for movies and shows and whatever, which is that your favorite movie of all time is mm-hmm. number one. 
It's your number one movie. Yeah. And then your least favorite movie is a, is a 100. Is your number 100. And so it's a sliding scale. Every movie you've ever seen falls between one and 100. So it's really like you're, it's just like you're giving it a percentage rating, but it's in reverse. Um, no, I, I feel like I've seen more than a hundred movies except from this fall. No, I know, I know. That's not you. I have two. No, I, no you I can have multiple. Wrong. No, I know. You, no, I think we need to remake multiple it. movies on the same number. <laughs> and so, I you have to tell me your number one movie and your number one hundred movie, and then, or or I guess you could do since we're talking about TV, you could do TV shows. But then you have to, although that's no, you should do movie because least favorite TV show. It's always going to be just some trash reality show. So, yeah. um. But then afterward, you have to give each of these shows we just talked about a number between one and 100 that represents how you feel. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, so I'll just do the top one for a TV show. Uh, I don't know if I have a number one. I'd say that's a position that's always being uh, kind of vied for. So I'll say mm-hmm. the number two. I really love Arrested Development as a sitcom. It's uh, oh, dude. probably the best sitcom ever made. So um, I agree. Arrested Development. And um, for a movie... Um, I know it's uh, really childish and really silly, um, but Fight Club is still um, like one of the best movies ever made to me. So I'm gonna get Fight Club number two spot. Um, I just enjoy it so very much. And um, for Nathan, for you, um, I'm honestly gonna put it right there at number three. Um, nice as uh, perhaps the second best show ever made. Um, so my skills even. Uh, more confusing than number three. That's it's the fine. second best. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the rehearsal, I'm gonna put at. Uh, I'm gonna put it at nine. Mm. I'm give it a nine. I really enjoyed it. Now I'm excited because there's more to come with the rehearsal. So there is. And I'm well. I I'm curious though because I thought for sure this is a, something that's one and done. There's no way to make a sequel of this. But he's doing season two, so I don't know what that's going to entail. What did you like better? What, what about the rehearsal made it not as good for you as Nathan for you? Um, honestly, just the, the breadth of the work of Nathan for you. There's so much more to laugh at because there's so many more lines, um, mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, if I took, you know, episode by episode, it'd be really hard to compare them. Um, yeah. I mean, episode, episode one of the rehearsal is perhaps the best episode uh, ever made. So that'd be like a number two for me, mm-hmm. um, for each episode. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but there are some slower episodes, um, which are funny in their own way. Um, but right. you know, overall, I think, uh, the pacing made it, um, because I watched it week by week and uh, as they came out, you know, um, yeah. which was just the summer and uh, it made it uh, maybe a, a little bit, if you have a slow episode in the middle of the season, you have to wait a whole, you know, two weeks or whatever to get to, you know, another kind of highlight. Right. Um, so uh, I think that for me, took it down a few points. Not that it's not good. If I was binge watching it, it'd probably be a different experience. But, yeah, I binge watched um, it. So yeah. Uh. Yeah. What about you? I'd love to hear your, your ranking for it. I was actually going to give, I was going to give Nathan for you a six, but I was going to give the rehearsal a five. They're very close to me, but I just, the, the absolute Nathan for you is a lot narrower in terms of what it's doing. It's the same thing. It's the same concept. Whereas the rehearsal I felt like was a lot more, uh, um, I don't know. I just loved how meta it was. It was way more of an undertaking. I feel like in terms of, I mean, not in terms of how just there's more content of Nathan for you. So in that sense, yeah. what staffing it was a big undertaking right. staffing yeah, but, and but also construction. Just the whole yeah just the whole concept was so yeah. uh i don't know it was exactly i, I loved it so but I hey, i'd love rank, to leave you a voicemail oh, if yeah, i were to leave you a voicemail good. how would i how would i get a hold of you so if you or theoretically anyone wanted to leave a voicemail they would call the number 918-268-6337 and then they would call that number. 
I'm sorry. Could you give that number one more time? It would be 918-268-6337. Theoretically, would they hear something like this? That would be something close to what you hear. Even better. Um, tell us what you want to talk about. Tell us a movie you want to talk about. Ask a question, and maybe we'll answer it on the show. Hi there, not qualified. This is not qualified. Zach Bearcruzen, uh, best friend of the show, and I would love to hear you guys talk about Nathan Fielder's works, Nathan for You, and the rehearsal. Thank you so much. I love you. And I love you, Zach. Hey, you know, I'm going to do much similar to what Nathan Fielder does. Uh, I think I'm just going to cut this episode together in a way that makes it seem much more than it is. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Turn this really awkward pile into a story. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for the voicemail. Um, uh, well, I hope they man. listen to it. It's been such a pleasure to record with you today. And um, I just really hope that you get some better hosts on the show. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm really vying for it. So okay. you included, you know, if you yeah. can really replace yourself. It, and look, if, if, if there's a, somebody gunning for my job, I'm willing to give them an audition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn the keys over. Uh, has been a pleasure. It has been. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, leave a review. Go to zephfoster.com slash podcast and then buy stuff. Uh, go to Patreon uh, slash dot com slash not qualified pod and uh, find us there. Or um, just tell your friends about us um, because as all great uh, revolutions in history, um, they usually start from the bottom up. Um and except in the case of like 70% of revolution. Speaking of bottoms, check out this not qualified tattoo I got right there. Hey, <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's wonderful. Who did that? Uh, I got a, I've got a special <laughs> butt tattoo guy. I'm sure you do. Any last words, Zachariah, before the sniper takes you out? Yeah, I would really like for my last words to be what I really wish I would have said Thank you.